Hey, this is Brother Awesome McCormick, and you're listening to the 14th episode of the Context is Key podcast. And today I'm recording from my home office in Dixon, Missouri. Have you ever witnessed to a Buddhist before? A couple Saturdays ago, Rachel and I had the opportunity to go to a Buddhist temple service for the first time. It was a very different experience. Uh, it was a good experience overall because afterwards we were able to share the gospel with people in the parking lot. But Buddhism is certainly something that Rachel and I are not that familiar with. So today what I'd like to do is examine the Buddhist worldview from a Christian worldview. Amongst the plurality of Asian religions and philosophies, Buddhism stands out as one of the major worldviews. The teachings of Buddhism stem from a man named Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha. Buddhism initially gained popularity and attraction due to the fact that the Buddha claimed to have reached enlightenment. The teachings of the Buddha can be found within the Four Noble Truths and the Noble Eightfold Path. Buddhism rejects the caste system of Hinduism, yet maintains a form of the samsara teaching, which is reincarnation. Within this worldview, there are multiple sects that differentiate within doctrinal teachings. Amongst these sects are the Theravada, Mahayana, and Tibetan. There are also the Zen sect. From a Christian worldview, Buddhism appears to be a works-based religion. To reach people who hold to the Buddhist worldview, the Christian might lovingly rebuke the teachings of karma and reincarnation while preaching about sin, the Savior, and conversion. Any discussion of Buddhism must begin with its founder, Gautama Buddha. The Buddha is not a name, but a Sanskrit word meaning the enlightened one or the one who is awake to everything that is going on around him. Before he became the enlightened one, Siddhartha Gautama was born and raised in a sheltered lifestyle. His father, evidently thinking that any contact with unpleasantness might prompt Siddhartha to seek a life of renunciation as a religious teacher and not wanting to lose his son to such a future, protected him from the realities of life. Although Siddhartha began life blinded from the problems of the world, he would eventually encounter the realities of life. At age 29, he made a successive chariot rides, three of them, outside of the palace that he grew up in, and saw an old person, a sick person, and a corpse, all for the first time. On the fourth trip, he saw a wandering holy man whose asceticism inspired Siddhartha to follow a similar path and search for freedom from the suffering caused by the infinite cycle of birth, death, and rebirth. Finally, after seven years of self-mortification, Gautama decided to let his entire pursuit end in success or death. He accepted a meal of rice and sat under a fig tree to meditate until he either found enlightenment or died of starvation. After defeating the forces of the demon Mara, Siddhartha reached enlightenment and became a Buddha at the age of 35. The cardinal tenet of Buddhism is the four sublime truths, pain, its cause, its prevention, and the way. While observing the Four Noble Truths, it doesn't take long to realize that they build off one another. The Noble Truths of the Buddha are likened to a step-by-step process of reaching salvation, according to this worldview. According to the teachings of the Buddha, the first uh, Noble Truth is pain or suffering, which is caused by a lack of satisfaction. Living in and of itself is suffering. In the Buddhist worldview, Death, poverty, sickness, and all bad things happen because life is suffering. The next noble truth is the causation of suffering. The cause of suffering is our craving and thirst. 
Suffering is caused by attachment, and we need to understand attachment here is grasping, craving, or not willing to let go. The third noble truth of Buddha builds off the first two noble truths. The third truth is, to eliminate suffering, one must eliminate attachment. To put it another way, suffering can be reduced and eradicated by stopping our craving and striving. If suffering is caused by poverty, death, sickness, etc., then our goal should be to detach ourselves from these hardships, which lead to the fourth noble truth. One can eliminate attachment by following the noble eightfold path. According to the Buddha, the goal of ridding oneself of attachment can be attained only through a rigorous life of concentrated effort. This concentrated effort can be found rightly by obeying the teachings of the Noble Eightfold Path. They are as follows. Right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Another dominant Asian worldview that is commonly compared to Buddhism is Hinduism. Some people believe them to be sects of the same religion, but that is not entirely true. There's no doubt a certain level of similarity exists between Buddhism and Hinduism, but many things do set them apart from each other as well. They they each have an individuality of their own and differ in their philosophy when compared to one another. Hinduism and Buddhism differentiate on their teachings of reincarnation. Both Buddhism and Hinduism believe in an almost endless cycle of births known as samsara. They also both seek release from this life cycle of rebirths. Hindus believe in an everlasting soul, the Atman, that is reincarnated more or less intact from birth to birth. Through spiritual practice, Hindus seek release, moksha, also known as liberation, so that the soul can join us or join with the universal divine force, the Brahma, often simply translated as God. The Buddhist, however, taught that there wasn't a constant soul, but a collection of feelings, precepts, and senses, and other intangibles that made up all living beings reject the Hindu's teachings of reincarnation. The Buddha also rejected the caste system of Hinduism and rejected the Vedas of Hinduism as authoritative, which is a major distinction between Buddhism and Hinduism. While Buddhism has different sects within the teaching, uh, it's important to know these sects. Theravada, Mahayana, Tibetan, Zen, these are sects of Buddhism that the Christian may want to familiarize themselves with. The name Theravada is derived from an expression meaning tradition of the elders. Another group was called the Mahayana, the big raft, because it accommodated large numbers of people, including the laity. Whereas Theravada Buddhism is a religion of and for the monks, Mahayana Buddhism is a religion for the lay people of the society. Monks within the sect of Theravada Buddhism are required to take a vow of the ten precepts of this religion. Interestingly, within Theravada Buddhism, the lay people are only required to keep the first five of the ten precepts and are also required to take care of the monks. Mahayana Buddhism was devised in order to allow people to attain salvation in ways other than becoming monks, according to this worldview. Upon studying these sects of Buddhism, the Theravada sect appears to be the religion of the religious elite, whereas Mahayana Buddhism makes provision and opportunity for all people to have a possibility of salvation. Well, these are some things for you to know about Buddhism, but 
how do Christianity and Buddhism relate uh, in worldview comparison? From a Christian worldview, Buddhism appears to be a works-based salvation. If reaching enlightenment is based upon your keeping of the Eightfold Path, then you obtain salvation based upon your own works, according to the Buddhist worldview. For many Westerners, Buddhism is a foreign worldview and an entirely new culture. Missionaries must understand the concept of culture and how to minister in terms of, and frequently in opposition to, human customs and worldviews. To be able to affect Buddhists with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we must have some level of understanding of the Buddhist worldview. There are a number of things that differentiate Christians and Buddhists. The evangelist should be aware of them in order to better share the gospel. First, in Buddhism, salvation, defined as liberation from suffering, is achieved through attention attending the Eightfold Path correctly. When Christians attempt to show Buddhists that salvation is all of God, it can create the impression to them that spiritual discipline and good deeds are unnecessary. Although the stronghold of a works-based religion can be hard to overcome, the Christian must teach that salvation is by grace, not by works. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Christians can teach Buddhists that no one is justified on the basis of their works, but rather by believing in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Romans 4 verses 2-3 says, For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. To emphasize that spiritual discipline and good deeds are necessary within the Christian worldview, the evangelist can teach about how works prove that you have been justified, but they don't justify you. We can teach the Buddhists that saving faith slash belief in Jesus will manifest good works, and without these good works, we did not truly get saved. This concept can further be found in uh, James 2.14 and 2.17, faith without works is dead. Spiritual discipline in Christianity is a result of being saved, not reaching salvation like the Buddhist worldview teaches. But next, the Christian should rebuke the Buddhist teaching that bad things happen because life is suffering, while at the same time explaining that bad things happen because of sin. The Christian teaches or needs to teach that death doesn't happen because life is suffering, but rather death happens because the wages of sin is death. Christians need to teach the doctrine of original sin to all unbelievers, including Buddhists. Christians should emphasize that, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, as Romans 5.12 says. In Buddhism, there is no God or lawgiver. The Christian can teach that nature reveals that there is a God. The Old Testament teaches this concept. The Bible says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork, in Psalm 19.1. The New Testament also teaches this concept. In the book of Romans, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men, who, by their unrighteousness, suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. The Christian can emphasize that without a God who has given laws, any religion, philosophy, or moral standards are a man-made system. Preach that we couldn't keep the law, and yet Christ perfectly kept the law. Preach that we are sinners and Jesus died for sinners. 
Thirdly, many Buddhists believe that this world of suffering is the effect of a bad cause. They believe if a god created it, he may have had a great power, but was not compassionate and wise in his being. The Christian can confidently proclaim to the Buddhist that God is sovereign over everything, including sin. The London Baptist Confession of Faith says, God hath decreed in himself from all eternity by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will freely and unchangeably all things whatsoever come to pass. Yet, so as thereby is God neither the author of sin, nor hath fellowship with any therein, nor his violence offered to the will of creature, nor yet is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established in which appears his wisdom in disposing all things in power and faithfulness in accomplishing his decree. The Buddhist claims that if God created humanity knowing that he would sin, that God must not be a compassionate and wise being. The Christian can respond by telling the Buddhist that God the Father sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on behalf of sinners, and this plan was established before the foundation of the world. Acts 2.23 says, This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Such a plan from God the Father proves to the Buddhist worldview that God is both compassionate and all-wise. But lastly, as we do cross-examination of this worldview, knowledge of ultimate reality for a Buddhist is gained from living a morally upright life and listening to Buddhist teachers. Primarily, however, meditation, the developing and purifying of the mind, which leads to knowing its truth, is the key to advancement according to the Buddhist worldview. The Buddhist church, if we may use that term, is called the Sangha, the Trinata, or the three precious things, Buddha, the law, the Dharma, and the assembly, the Sangha, are continually mentioned in the Buddhist formula and books. Meditation is essential in this worldview because it helps you reach certain aspects of the Eightfold Path. For example, right mind, right concentration, right view. For the Christian, what we need to know is revealed by God in our prayerful engagement with the Christian scriptures. The word of God is the primary means whereby God gives grace to the unbeliever. When someone hears the Bible, special revelation about God has been given. In order to obtain saving faith, one must hear the word of God. Romans clearly teaches this passage. How will they call on him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? How are they to hear with, uh, with, without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sin as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed, our, who has believed what he has heard from us? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of Christ. The word of God is also a means whereby God conforms believers into the image of Jesus Christ. The word of God is different from any man-made teaching in that it is divinely inspired by God himself. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness. Another translation reads, all scripture is inspired by God. The Buddhist claims to gain knowledge by living a moral life. But the Christian gains knowledge by prayerfully reading through the divinely inspired scriptures of the Bible. Due to the differences between the Christian worldview and the Buddhist worldview, sharing the gospel with this people group can be difficult. 
Nonetheless, Christians have been called to preach the gospel to the entirety of creation, which includes Buddhists. Knowing the differences between Christianity and Buddhism is a great start to advancing the gospel to this people group, but it cannot be the only step taken. There are many calls to go in the New Testament. Many of these parallel the Great Commission and apply its emphasis to one person. In order to reach people that hold to the Buddhist worldview, we must go. More specifically, we must go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that Jesus has commanded us. And behold, Jesus is with us to the end of the age. Although westernized society doesn't primarily include the Buddhist practices and teachings, there are many opportunities to witness to Buddhists in America. Wherever your church may be, it has been commissioned to go. Go across the nation and evangelize to Americanized Buddhists. Go across the ocean and witness to Buddhists in a primarily Eastern society. Go on mission trips as a church and proclaim that Jesus Christ is the only root of salvation. Once you have gone, be patient. Evangelism is patiently answering common questions about Christianity. As a follower of Jesus, be ready to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Although a Christian should unapologetically defend the Bible, the Christian should be careful in their evangelistic methodology. The key to effectively evangelizing skeptics and seekers is not only knowing what you believe and why you believe, but also being careful first to win their heart and then to win the argument. The worldview of Buddhism is altogether different than the worldview of Christianity. While Buddhism holds to the teachings of karma, reincarnation, rebirth, the Dharma, etc., Christianity teaches about sin, salvation by grace, and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Buddhism's Four Noble Truths and Eightfold Path are contrary to the Gospel. Although these worldviews be separate, the Christian ought to study them in order to effectively share the Gospel message. The Christian should know these differences between Theravada Buddhism and Mahayana Buddhism. The Christian should be careful not to misrepresent the practices of Buddhism for Hinduism. The Christian should consider studying about the life of Siddhartha Gautama in order to better establish a relationship with Buddhists. Above all, the Christian should pray to God that the triune Godhead would actively work in the lives of lost Buddhists to bring them to Jesus Christ. You've been listening to the Context is Key podcast. For more information regarding the Context is Key podcast, feel free to follow me on Twitter at BroAustin7. You can also follow me on Instagram at McCormick. If you've enjoyed listening to the Context is Key podcast, I would ask you that you would do me a favor. If you have an Apple product and you listen to the Context is Key podcast on Apple Podcast or iTunes, would you please subscribe and leave us a review? That helps other people find our podcast easier, and it creates more traffic to the Context is Key podcast. Once again, I want to thank you for listening to the Context is Key podcast. Don't forget, context is key.